are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information. Separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio.
Good day to you. What a blessing it is here to be uh, live back on YouTube. Of course, uh, Rumble has really become more of our home uh, these days, but I'm going to continue to put the ministry stuff up on YouTube. Uh, love YouTube. Great platform. Uh, and also quite a few people watching on Facebook now. So thank you very much for that. Today, we continue in the book of First John. We're into chapter four. And I just want to, I have a few thoughts that came, uh, but I'm going to say this before I pray. But, you know, when I take a, I love Paul, the apostle, uh, you know, my personality is probably closest to Paul's. It just, I'm very brash. I'm very concise, you know, a lot of the time and uh, no bones about it. And John is kind of no bones about it. He, he's very direct statements, but then you have the intellectuals like Luke and with Matthew. But when you read the gospel of John, you know, many people will say it's the book of love. And, you know, Jesus loved John. John was really set apart in many ways of the 12 original apostles. And I just want to put forth to you the reason I think that is. John just gets it. There is a simplicity in Christ. And although our language is very limited, and even the Greek, which has more words than we have, is very limited. But God is love. God's not capable of not being love. When God shows his wrath, it's actually out of love. It's, it's beyond our comprehension, although we get a bit of it. And you're going to see in this chapter a lot about, uh, about love. But as I was studying this morning, I believe God started to give me a little bit of a revelation that is probably different than the way you've read this chapter before. And, well, I'm just going to pray that, because uh, I don't have the full, I don't have full understanding. I just got to be honest. Um, but I do also have to trust in God. So let me just pray to bring us in before we do the reading of God's word. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name as he is the way. And I pray by it the Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Spirit within me, Lord, that allows the proper words to be heard 
by you. And it is an honor and a privilege to be gathered with the fellow saints and those who are not saints yet. Lord, I pray they're in our midst to hear your word this morning. But it is such an honor and a privilege to pray, to go before the King and the King of Kings. Lord, in an earthly sense, most people who do not know you, if they were ever present in front of an earthly king, most people would be taken back by the majesty, by the pageantry, by the jewels, by the power and the authority that is represented in an earthly king. But God, these earthly kings are only there by your appointment. And God, their power is nil. None. Even their power over people who they consider are their subjects. Lord, if we confess Christ as our Savior, we might have to render to Caesar what is Caesar's but I bow before no other king because you are the king of kings and lord of lords. And Father, as I read your words today, I pray that they go out with your power, Lord, and with your translation, your ministering spirit inside of each person that hears this, that the true revelation of Jesus Christ and your message is received. And Lord, you are more than capable of personalizing it for each and every one that is here. So Father, I ask in your name, Jesus, that you will do that. And Lord, because of the faith you have given me, I believe that you are going to do that for each and every person. Lord, I continue to pray that you keep expanding our tent. I give you praise for what you have done. Lord, you have been adding hundreds sometimes each week. And Father, glory to your name. May I and the entire team here, because there's a lot of people who work at this ministry, work for you, Lord. I pray you find us trustworthy in the stewardship of your words, your values. Even though we still have sin in our lives, Lord, you have finished work on the cross. My sins are not seen anymore. And Lord, I thank you that I sin less and less each day, each year. Lord, only because of the infilling of your spirit into myself and everyone here will testify of the same. 
It is only because of you, God. So, Holy Spirit, I give you full permission to speak through me. In fact, I beg of you, Lord, that you speak through me this day and you bless the carrying of your word and that more of what you have in heaven will manifest here on earth as it is in your will. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Glory to you. Amen. Well, I love Sunday morning. This is the first day of my work week. As most of you know, I try to take Saturdays off and Friday afternoons. But I do study on Saturdays, and I do study Sunday morning before coming on here. And it is such a blessing. The Word of God is so spectacular. It's beyond measure. I pray each one of you finds that. Ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. We ask in Jesus' name. But the Holy Spirit is fully God. And the Holy Spirit lives within you. And the main purpose of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus Christ. It's supernatural, folks. <laughs> Where is this coming from? Oh, my goodness. All right, let's uh, get down to business, shall we? Chapter 4, 1 John. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have come, have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children. And have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 
They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. The one who knows God listens to us. The one who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let's love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. By this the love of God was revealed in us, that God has sent his only Son into the world so we may live through him. In this love, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we remain in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, remain, God remains in him, and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, we also are in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, and yet he hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother and sister, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God must also love his brother 
and sister. Before I get into some of the things in this chapter, um, I just want to give you a little sneak peek for next week. Um, <laughs> another mystery from God uh, in chapter five that the Lord has sent me uh, chasing, <laughs> doing a, a, you know, searching for treasure. Um, but there's a real mystery in chapter five that I'm praying God will give me at least some answers to. Um, if you can remember to pray for me for revelation for next week, it's uh, really good. And also, just speaking of next week, uh, Tuesday, I'm supposed to have that author on and talk about the identity and evidence of the Antichrist. Please help me share that show in advance. And don't, it's one thing to share it, but it's another thing saying, hey, you got to tune into this or something. You know, give a personal endorsement. It really helps. Um, as I expect, it should be a big show. And I've also decided because I'm becoming more playful again, I'm becoming more childlike again. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm smiling again after all these uh, tough research and stuff. Um, I think I'm going to, in the next installment of Poker Face, and I'm not doing this to mock, but I guess it kind of will be, I'm going to do a false prophet comedy show. <laughs> because what they're putting out there really is comical. And um, we need to see it as just that. So that should be quite fun as well. Oh, Misty River, you're in two places at once. You are an incredible child of God. Woohoo! <laughs> A man could not do that. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> A man could not do that. Women are definitely made with special gifts and abilities like the ability to cope with pain that men cannot do cope with sickness men cannot do look at two things at once men cannot do <sighs> so just starting at the very top here the very first word and he used this uses this twice and again john just really gets it he understands that god is love that is the best definition of god is he is love i can't think of a better word and the bible certainly points to that there's different types of love i don't think any human language has the particular um uh, <laughs> all-encompassing meaning but I just want to break up the first word and just say to you, be loved. Be loved 
by your brothers and sisters. Be loved by God. No matter what circumstance you are in right now. You could have family troubles, marital troubles, financial troubles, health challenges. And those things are difficult in life. But if you can just, at this moment, be loved. God so loved the world, he sent his only son. There's nothing you can do other than accept that gift. And if you have accepted that gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, then no matter what your circumstances right now, you have the ability to be loved. Part of the way that we show love for one another is to tell the truth. God is truth. And we are to be like God. God reproves us sometimes. Sometimes God allows us to get a spanking in life because of our sin, because of things we've opened up, because of wrongdoings. And God allows us that because he loves us. So it's in this way that when we point out the false doctrine, the false prophets, we are actually doing it out of love. I cannot judge those people. Neither can you. However, we can and are called to judge their doctrine. And each one of us will have different ways to read doctrine. And we're not going to agree on everything, but we have to agree on the main things. Like, you know, the most common example is pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, rapture. I think it's best to believe in a post-trib rapture. That way you're ready for anything else that happens in between. Is that personally my belief, the post-trib? No. But be ready for it. But it has nothing to do with your salvation. Although I think pre-tribbers are maybe uh, going to question their salvation uh, if that doesn't happen and they go into some tough times. So not to digress. But the word of God in the very first verse of chapter 4, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. 
oh, so there's lots of spirits. But test the spirits, plural, to see whether they are from God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Sounds like present day to me. Verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now already in the world. This little bit here, I believe, can leave some Christians with some confusion. I think when you read the Bible as a whole and you know God and, you know, certainly you read through Romans and some of the other letters, there's more than one test for a false prophet. This is just one of them. And you have to understand occultists will say, and even from a pulpit, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And they will tell you their lies following that statement. And that is not to contradict what John is saying here. That is not the only test. However, it's talking about false prophets here, but it says test the spirits. So I don't want you to think of this as just how to judge if a word from a false prophet is true or not. That is not the case. The key here is test the spirits. So you wouldn't be testing the false prophet who could say, oh yeah, Jesus is God. Okay, yeah, 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 of course he is. Even the devil acknowledges that Jesus is God. But if you test the spirits, those who are not of God will flee at his name. And those that are of him will be there. Now, how do you test the spirits? Well, sometimes you're confronted by spirits. And you'll know at that time, just without going off too much into the wilderness. Sometimes there's a spirit of oppression on you. Sometimes there's a spirit and you can call out that spirit. Whatever that spirit is, it's not from God, 
and I proclaim that God is my God. Jesus Christ died for my sins. And if you do not acknowledge that in my life, you must be gone. By the power and authority of Jesus, I ask in his name. I might not have everything right here, folks. But that's the way I see it. And I think there's going to be some clues on testing the false prophets coming up a little bit further in the chapter. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is now already in the world. So what is the spirit of Antichrist? It's anyone who does not profess Jesus Christ. I think it's really simple. And you'd hate to think of your, you know, the old lady next door who doesn't believe in Christ but bakes good cookies and always gives you a smile. She's technically an antichrist. There's no gray area in Scripture. You're either with him and he is with you or you're not you cannot sit on the fence and if you're not yet a born-again believer and you're hearing this yeah i just called you an antichrist you might want to correct that i suggest to you eternity is on the line But this letter is to believers. It's not to the unbelievers. So I'll stay in the vein that this is for believers. Verse 4. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I think most of us realize that um, this community in particular, most of you know the Bible better than I do. Uh, most people really understand that greater is he in us than is in the world. But sometimes the world does seem bigger, folks. And just the way some of us are wired when we want to feel misery when we want to feel defeated. Sometimes we don't want to come out of it. I don't know why we love to suffer, but some of us, myself included, like to uh, waddle in the mire, as they say, for sometimes. But just remember, greater is he in you, and you have overcome the world. How do you overcome the world? There's only one way. It's to invite Jesus, to hand over your life to Jesus and invite his Holy Spirit to come into you. And if you've done that, you overcome the world. There's going to be more on that coming up in this chapter as well. Um, but they are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. Well, that's very true. 
You know what one of the biggest, you know, Mam and I talk about all the time as being, you know, probably one of the preeminent gods of this world. But there's another one that is emerging. And it's really one, I think, probably to keep your eye on more at this time. That's science. Science is a god of this world to many. And I, we all see how technology is going, especially with AI and other things. Keep your eye on that. Don't listen to them. Listen to God. But be aware. Verse 6, we are from God. The one who knows God listens to us. So verse 6, John is actually talking about the apostles. He's talking from a headship point here. At least that's the way I see it. And he's talking about his apostles. But could we say about the Right On Radio community, the, us, we are from God. The one who knows God listens to us. The one who is not from God does not listen to us. Isn't it amazing how certain channels will just, you know, skyrocket? By the way, if I started talking Christ consciousness and stuff like that, guaranteed I would go up to like 100,000 pretty quick. I mean, just on like Rumble. You know, I, we're almost at 100,000 across, across the platforms right now. But it's amazing because the world is bigger. The path to destruction is wide, but narrow is the path to salvation. So our numbers reflect that this program is biblically based, in my opinion. And I will say confidently that we are from God. I am from God. There's no doubt that's a bold statement. Yeah, I am from God. The one who knows God's listens to me as well. And sometimes reproves me if I get it wrong because they love me. The one who is not from God does not listen to us, but this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Verse 7, you know, 7 is kind of that perfection number, biblically. And this is so beautiful. Again, be loved. That feels good saying. It really feels good saying that. Be loved. Let's love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Again, just like 
the testing of the spirits. This sounds like a contradiction of scripture. Because I know lots of people who are not Christians and definitely love. I was raised by, you know, parents who did not profess God. Although my mom and dad both claimed to have known him early in life, but they had gone. My mom believed, you know, up until hopefully her final day, um, that, you know, she was going to be worm food. There, there was no God because the hypocrisy in the church turned her off of it so much. She went against it. But my mother was like a perfect mom. And I was tremendously loved. And by my father as well. And they did not know God. So what is he saying in this? I think the word love has multiple layers of depth. We are called to have a sacrificial love. And men and women. And although a person that is in the world and does not know God Certainly a mother or a father will have sacrificial love for their child and maybe some other members of family, but I'd say most certainly for a child, at least in the old days, maybe not as much now, such a selfish society we live in. But could they do it for their neighbor? You know, I, I keep thinking about like just, just if that you had that old lady next door that doesn't believe in God. Even as Christians, you know, I might think, well, listen, I, I'm 40 years younger than that lady. I have a full life to live. She's lived a full life. Would I lay down my life for her? I don't know if I would. I'm just being honest. But I think we're called to do that. And that would be really trusting in God, wouldn't it? And what a powerful testimony that would be. I think you'd have to do it. But the world certainly wouldn't. A man or a woman in their 40s is not going to lay down their life for a man or woman in their 80s or 90s in the world, but we are not of the world. These are just some of the ways that I think of this. I, I don't know if it helps. I should look at the chat. <laughs> mm. Well, no one's contradicting me yet. So as I say, I'm not going to get everything perfect, folks, but I do study hard and I want to give you my best. But the one who does not love does not know God because God is love. By this, the love of God was revealed in us that God has sent his only son into the world so we may live through him. 
all we had to do was accept that gift. And that is a way of, uh, that's really the only way probably to show that we love God is to accept that gift from him. Beyond that, there's nothing we can do. We're not helping God. God can get whatever he wants done, done. But he wants you to participate in his program. I'll touch on that a little bit further. Verse 10. In this is love, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation. That means ongoing. It is finished. Yes, you may sin 15 minutes from now. You may sin as I'm talking. Those sins are covered as well. But if you truly love God, you want to obey and walk in as much obedience as you can. Everyone comes from different backgrounds. Some people, it's real easy. Like some, well, I'm not going to say real easy. Life is not real easy. But some people who have been Christians all their lives, they grew up as ministers, daughters, or sons, and they've found the satisfaction in the scriptures from an early age and it's built into them. What a blessed life. And that's just showing the, the blessing on that family that that has been carried on because it's the right thing to do to walk in God. And those parents were blessed with godly children. But you know, some of us didn't come that way. I was the opposite way. I would literally become violent physically or at least verbally violent at a point in time in my life if anyone came up and tried to preach the word of God to me because I had such a resentment. I sought out God. I put forth my best effort and I found Catholic religion. And I said, if this is of God, I want nothing to do with it. Man, I was angry when people presented the truth because there is no gray area. I knew it was truth, but I was angry at it. So I would take it out on the person who was speaking the truth. The word of God is powerful. And it brings up many different manifestations. The world hates you, not because you're a bad person. The world hates you because who is inside of you? Beloved. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Commandment, obviously. 
No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us, and his love is perfected in us. So to love each other, his, his, he's perfected in us? Did you hear that? Can life be that simple? That we just need to love one another? I think it is. See, you don't need to be a theologian to be a carrier of God's word. You need to love. By this we know that we remain in him and he in us because he has given to us of his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Now, having read that section, and I'll, I'll finish off with the last in a moment, but let's just recap the first six verses are really about the false prophets and false testimonies of deceiving spirits. And then we get into God is love. Holy Spirit, give me the words. What I was feeling... what I was seeing in the spirit earlier when I was studying is the God is love section was put there purposefully right after the false prophets section. When you watch someone who, you know, stands up and says, thus saith the Lord. Lots of them on YouTube. Are they words of love? Now again, you look at the prophets of old, some of those pro prophetic utterances were harsh. But God's love is just that. He will reprove his children, he does not want any to perish, not one, but we know some will. But when we see false teachers and false prophets, are they conveying the love of God? Or are they conveying the love of the spotlight? Are they conveying the love of the show that they're putting on? Are they conveying the love of money? Perhaps knowing that God is love is another way 
to see if someone is teaching correctly or not, not just prophets, teachers. And you'll know them by the fruits. Anyone looks, I could sit here if I, and I'm not a professional actor. I probably got one of the most transparent personalities. You pretty much know how I feel by the look on my face. I can't hide it. I'm, But if I was an actor, I could come on and put on an act. I could act like a preacher and then go on and live however wretchedly I wanted to. So I'm suggesting it is possible for people to do that. A friend of mine who I had the privilege of being with when he came to Christ many, many years ago, he uh, came to Christ in a pretty profound way. But then he just saw some hypocrisies in the church. And I actually, I think it was at the time where the, the church started to split. And if you've ever been through a church split, man, they hurt. The world doesn't treat each other as cruel as Christians do in a situation like that. I've seen it three times, personally. And he went and joined the Masons. He became a third-degree Mason. And he never rejected Christ. In fact, he said, oh, listen, there's, in, in his little lodge in this small town, there's, he said, at least 10 Christian preachers that are in that lodge. Now we know the oaths you have to take. They're published. You can read what the oaths are. And first of all, we're not supposed to take an oath. So these people can go and they can show a loving thing. They can do, you know, cake and cookie parties after church. They can have dinner. They can have fellowship. But then they go to the lodge. Wolf in sheep's clothing. And here's the part. They might not even know what they're doing is wrong. In fact, I'll bet you a lot of them don't. So we're called to love them too. Verse 15, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him, and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. <laughs> How good is that? Who doesn't want to be loved? And if you remain in his love, he'll remain in you and you remain in him. You're in perfect, perfected fellowship with God through love. 
By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, we also are in this world. So that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. The very next line says there is no fear in love. But there is a day of judgment coming. But there's two different judgments. And this is probably mainly for any unbelievers who might still be here. (laughs) There's a judgment where if you don't know him, and he does not know you, you'll be cast to hell, which is eternal separation from God. It's nasty. But for those of us who know God and have that confidence, we too are judged. And I always go back to stewardship, folks, because it's important to God. So it's impressed to me that it's very important. Remember the the parable of the talents? That is a foreshadow of what we as believers get judged as. The master was there. He gave stuff to do, he left, and then he came back. Jesus Christ was here, he gave us stuff to do, and he's going to come back. And when he's going to come back, just like the parable of the talents, he's going to ask, what have you done with what I gave you? And I'm going to tell you personally that I am healthily fearful of that day. I do not want to stand before the Lord and him say, I gave you this. I I can't, you had... I gave you a good intellect. I gave you a a nice personality. I gave you the ability to reach people. But you just wanted to sit on the couch and watch NFL football and drink beer. Oh, I did that for, for years. That was my Sunday routine. I am fearful of that day, and there are eternal consequences. From the for the one he gave one, and he did nothing. He buried it, did nothing. The guy laying on the couch. Well, you're going to reap your reward. It gets taken away, and it got given to the one who did the most with it. So yeah, you'll be in heaven still. You're not going to lose your salvation. No, 
You can't lose your salvation this way. You cannot earn your salvation. But when we do get our new bodies, when we are in the his kingdom, where Jesus is ruling for the thousand years and then forever on, Are you going to be in charge of cities? Are you going to be in charge of departments? Or are you going to be the one polishing the stones? You're going to have work. You will be working all through eternity. God is still working. So will you be. And it's not a contest to see how much you can do for God. But just be in constant contact with God, and God will direct you. He knows your thoughts. He certainly knows your prayers, but he knows your thoughts too. Lord, should I? what should I do with that? Lord, tell me, what should I do? And then do it. He will answer those things. And sometimes if it's not 100% clear, say, Lord, I didn't hear you 100% clear, but I'm going to go in faith. So again, you're blessing him because you're going, I'm, I, Lord, I have faith that you're directing me the right way. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. So we're called, we're told wisdom begins with the fear of God. And I'm not, it's, and I want to make that distinction here because this here is describing of the world, the worldly type fears like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? What am I going to do if I, if I go broke? What am I going to do if my marriage fails? What am I going to do? What am I? What am I? What am I? Where we say, Lord, I trust you in all situations. So if you know God and you, as a believer, do nothing, it's still okay. There's It's not punishment. You're just not getting the reward. You see, our judgment is a judgment of rewards, not condemnation. Really important to know that. We love because he first loved us. If he didn't, we couldn't. If someone says, I love God, and yet he hates his brother or sister, he is a liar for the one who does not love his brother or sister whom he has not seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Let me just ask you a question. As a Christian, a born again Christian, can you be a liar like that? 
tell me what you think in the chat. That's a really interesting question. Wow. Maybe you don't have salvation. I don't know. It's a heart issue. And this commandment we have from him, that one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. Do you love your brothers and sisters here in the Right On Radio community, let alone the rest of the world? Do you love that uh, crazy, charismatic Christian? Of course you do. Do you love that fundamentalist that has somewhat of a religious spirit about them, but yet they profess God? Of course you do. We might not like everything that comes out of the mouth of the children of God. And those things are fair to assess and to judge. But the person we're called to love. Man, I don't know about you, but I have a long way to go, brothers and sisters. Love has not come natural to me. I uh, used to be very, very selfish. And you know what? I probably should start including that in my testimony because it's true and it's a big part. We overcome by the power of the word and your testimony. Listen, God bless every one of you for being here. I uh, I really appreciate you coming here on, on the Sunday morning and spending this time listening to the ramblings of a somewhat eccentric uh, <laughs> person. And yeah, I am somewhat eccentric. But I do love God, and I am from God. And he loves you, and I love you. Now you go out and say to someone, be loved. And mean it. Love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community. <laughs>